Welcome to the Unite Church Podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at unitechurchak.org. Now, enjoy this message from Rick Benjamin. Two weeks ago, was it? I began telling this beautiful little Old Testament story of Ruth. I called it an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality. Maybe you're seeing that with me as we go through the story. Happened 3,000 years ago. Ruth, her faithful love, she was a foreigner, a young widow, but she committed herself to her mother-in-law. We got her words up there, I think, from Ruth chapter 1. Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I'll be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. I called it Ruth, the power of faithful love. They were back in Bethlehem, two widows at risk, Naomi and her awful bitterness, angry towards God for the death of her husband and her two sons, back home in Bethlehem, but still in a very dangerous situation, alone during a famine. Last week I told what happened next. Ruth went gleaning in those fields, She met this man named Boaz, who was nice to her. And then when she came home and told Naomi, that one little glimpse, I called it glimpses of God's grace, that one little glimpse glimpse gave Naomi back that feeling she hadn't felt for a long time, hope. Here it is, Ruth 2.20. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And the message paraphrase says, God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. He still loves us. And then she said those words up there. That man is our close relative. He's one of our kinsmen redeemers. This was a very big deal. Ruth didn't know it. She was an outsider, but Naomi did. Glimpses of God's grace. That's where I put the bookmark last time. So Ruth stayed work in that field all through that barley harvest, six to eight weeks, until it was all done. Now we're going to pick up the story in Ruth chapter 3. You, of course, are welcome to follow along in the Bible or just listen. I'll share the story with you this morning. I love this. This is in the message also. It's Ruth 3 verse 2. That's what it really says. Tonight, well, I'll get to that. This is what the message says. Naomi says to Ruth, maybe it's time to make our move. I start thinking of that song from Fiddler on the Roof. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. So Naomi is going to pull some mother-in-law strings here. You'll see. All right. And these are very specific instructions. There they are. Tonight, he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. This is about Boaz. Wash, put on perfume. They had some perfume. Get dressed in your best clothes, then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there till he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying, then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I wonder if any woman here would do this. Really? I'm a guy. I'm not sure I could do something like this. Now, I want to clarify right at the beginning. 
this was not a sexual overture. It wasn't. It was perfectly appropriate. Everybody in this story of Ruth is a person of good character. Isn't that cool? There's not one villain in the whole story. There's not one bad actor, as they say, including her, of course, especially her. What did this mean? What was Naomi telling her to do? Okay, 3,000 years ago, in that culture, in Israel, what Ruth did was a very appropriate way to communicate, I'm available for marriage. You could say, in our way, she was proposing marriage to the man. But it's, it's not so much like, will you marry me? Listen, it's more like, will you accept me? The message paraphrase again says, lie at his feet to let him know you're available for marriage. With all of that said, if Ruth did what Naomi said, she's putting herself in a very vulnerable position. A woman alone at night? A man is sleeping? She's supposed to be super humble, literally on the ground at his feet, like a servant or actually more like a slave. This is amazing to me. And then this is even more amazing. Ruth says, I will do whatever you say. What an awesome person she was. This took real trust. Ruth is saying, okay, mother-in-law, I'm committed to you. I trust you. I'll do everything you said. And it's trusting Boaz. He was nice to me out on those fields. Remember the handfuls on purpose? He, he kind of protected me. I'm going to cross my fingers and trust this nice man. Ultimately, of course, she's putting her trust in God. Remember what she said up there? Your God will be my God. Now we're going to find out she really meant it. What she's going to do takes courage, and here's the word, submission. Submission to Naomi, submission to Boaz that night, submission to God himself. So I'm calling this part of the story, Ruth, submission to the Redeemer. Get it? So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. Quietly, coming in there at night, he's asleep. Yeah, she actually picked up like the blanket or the mantle or the robe that he had off of his feet and like partially covered herself or something like that and just laid there. Now imagine that. You're just laying there, quiet as a mouse. You don't know what's going to happen. She never read the book of Ruth. (laughs) The story says, in the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman. By the way, maybe his feet got cold. I always thought that. (laughs) We don't know. Sorry. He, He woke up, and there was a woman lying at his feet. So I have a picture. There it is. And this is the moment of suspense. What will he do? He has all the power. She has no power. One commentary said, will Boaz prove himself a kinsman redeemer and redeem these needy women? Will he portray righteousness and Christ-likeness even? He says, who are you? 
He couldn't see her, didn't recognize her. I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. And here's the words. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. On the road, she said to Naomi, your God will be my God. Out in the field, Boaz said to Ruth, the Lord under whose wings you have taken refuge, yes. But on the threshing floor, it was like Ruth was saying, I asked God to cover me. Will you? We used to sing this. Now, longtime Abbott Loop members will remember a song that was written in 1972. Wow. Called Cover Me. I think it's the only song we ever sang from the book of Ruth. I wish I could sing. <laughs> no, I'm not going to audition for the worship team. Not to be a singer anyway. Cover me. Cover me. Stretch the corner of thy mantle over me. Because thou art my nearest kinsman. Cover me, cover me, cover me. It is a beautiful song. Will you, will you accept me? God's got his covering over my life ever since that day on the road when I made that commitment to him. What about you, sir? Will you cover me like God has covered me? Man, it's like he's asking him, she's asking him, will you be like God has been to me? Boaz said yes. (laughs) Don't be afraid. I will do for you all that you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. For once, the gossip in a small town was positive. Hallelujah. (laughs) They're all talking about you. (laughs) And they all know you are one lady. How wonderful. A woman of noble character. We used to call it the virtuous woman. The Proverbs 31 woman, that's where that phrase is found, you know. I knew husbands that would call their wives a P31. (laughs) The Proverbs 31 woman, the wife of noble character, the virtuous woman. Did you know there's only one woman who is named in the total Bible and called a virtuous woman? Guess who? Ruth, right there. Not even Queen Esther. She was great and courageous and saved her nation, not even Mary, the wonderful virgin mother of Jesus Christ. The only one ever called this, the virtuous woman, is Ruth. And you know what? In the Hebrew Bible, they moved the book of Ruth. If you find a Hebrew Bible, you'll find Ruth right after Proverbs 31. After, at the end of the book of Proverbs, there's Ruth. Bang. So it's like Solomon said, this is what she looks like, and then here's the book of Ruth. Here's the example of a virtuous woman. How about that? The wife of noble character. Now I'm going to say something that's not in the book of Ruth. It never tells what she looked like. By the same token, it never tells what he looked like. Brothers and sisters, it's not about appearance. We should all be beyond that. We know better. We know what God sees. We know what God cares about. 
the beauty he's looking for in me and you, men and women, all of us, is here. The beauty of character. What a beautiful person she was. Commitment, humility, hard work, faithfulness, obedience, all of that. I'll tell you why Boaz was a real gentleman, because he knew she was a real lady. That's how. (laughs) And so he treated her that way. And it was from here, like Peter said, remember the the beauty of a beautiful, quiet spirit, which is of such value in God's sight, Peter said. That's the beauty that's going on here. Wow. Okay. The commentary again says, Ruth arrives at Boaz's bed, empty-handed and humble to the core. Boaz treats her with respect and kindness, with the greatest compassionate, loving kindness, that faithful love. Boaz rises to the task of becoming a kinsman redeemer. And yes, through his actions, Boaz communicates who? Jesus. We know that. So if she wanted to get redeemed, she had to submit to the redeemer. Are you with me? (laughs) And guess what? If you want to be redeemed... You have to submit to the Redeemer. You can't do it yourself. You can't redeem yourself. These days when you hear redemption, it's used more like this. Well, I messed up a lot, so I'm doing all these great things as as redemption. You can't do enough great things for redemption. You can't do it yourself. And you can't earn it. Like, if I you know, make up for all my bad stuff by doing all these better things, then I'll redeem myself. It's been tried over and over again. Maybe you've tried it. Guess what? It will never be enough. If you want to be redeemed, you have to submit to the Redeemer, the one who has the power to actually do enough for you. I'll just say it right now. Maybe you're like Ruth today, before she submitted to the Redeemer. You're poor, spiritually poor. You're hungry, You're starving spiritually. You're an outsider looking in. You feel alone. Don't feel bad. Newsflash, we all started life just like that. Welcome to the human family. We all started out poor and needy and broken and desperate. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. I quoted this last time. Remember, you were all separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, without hope and without God in the world. I was born that way. You were born that way. All of us. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to redeem yourself. It'll never be enough. You'll never do it. Say what Ruth said. Your God will be my God. You people in this church, I look around. I want what you have. I don't understand it all, but your God will be my God. Do what Ruth did. Put your life under God's covering. Say to God, cover me. Spread your wings over me, like he said. Yeah, I'm saying you got to humble yourself. Okay, brothers, are you with me? Uh, Can I say this right now? The book of Ruth is not just for the ladies. This is not a chick flick. (laughs) This is in the Bible for all of us to learn and be encouraged and gain hope. All of us. All right. Brothers, sisters, we got to humble ourselves. If you want to be redeemed, you have to submit. I know that word's not popular, but that's the word for it. You have to give God everything. That's all. (laughs) And it's not to earn anything. It's not to pay back or atone or do penance. It's none of those things. 
It's just, I'm surrendering. That's the word. Surrender. We lift up our hands all the time. Someone said, the universal sign of surrender. Okay, my wife, my wife and I listen to country music. She listens to more of it than me. And we like Carrie Underwood. Okay, come on. Maybe you have a different opinion about Carrie. And, of course, our favorite song is Jesus Take the Wheel. We went to Carrie's concert here. It was great. And she sang that song. She said, this is still one of my favorites, she said. It's a song about a single mom with her baby in the back seat, driving at night uh, in the winter, trying to get home for Christmas, and she's sad. And then she slides on the ice. And it says in the song, she was so scared, she threw her hands up in the air. In the, in the concert, everybody did it. I said, look at that, Lord. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands. I'm letting go, she says. It's really cool. That's what you've got to do. You've got to tell him, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm lost. I'm messing this up. I can't do it anymore. Just take over. Surrender. That, I love that word, surrender. And then like Naomi told her, he will tell you what to do. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. When you surrender and lay down your whole life and say, Jesus, take the wheel, he hears words like that. And he's going to do it. And he will tell you what to do. What? We are Alaskans. We don't like anybody telling us what to do. (laughs) So Alaskans, and I was born here, we got to lay that down too. I want you to redeem me. And so I'm saying to you now, just tell me what you want me to do. Now this reminds me of a New Testament story. I'll just share this briefly about a man who ended up on the ground, surrendered to the Redeemer. And that was Saul of Tarsus. He wasn't much like Ruth. (laughs) In fact, to get him on the ground, God had to knock him down. (laughs) Because a light came from heaven, and a voice spoke to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he fell to the ground. He was blinded. One preacher said, God hunted him down, threw him down, jumped on his chest and said, do you surrender? (laughs) And there he was on the ground in that same position of just powerless, humble. And he said some very wise words. Who are you, Lord? His brain is still working because whoever you are, I don't know you. But you are bigger than me because you just did that. (laughs) And so I'm going to start right here by calling you that word Lord. Who are you, Lord? And then he said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And he said, get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Kind of like what Naomi said. He will tell you what to do. So God bless him. Saul of Tarsus got up, led by the hand. He was blind for three days. God sent a brother in Christ to tell him God's marching orders for his whole life to do what he must do, and he became the Apostle Paul and the greatest Christian that ever lived. I'll tell you another story. This is a simple one that I was part of. Not so dramatic. Okay, a long time ago, I was working at this church in my office. It was way down there. And my wife and I were going through a personal evangelism course, 16 weeks. 
we were being trained by evangelist Ray Jessica. You might remember that name. And we, we had these little things called the two-question test. It was a great little tool, like a guided conversation to tell somebody about Jesus. And in the class, you had to do like, I think, three hours a week of witnessing time, which means actually talking to somebody about Jesus, right? So I'm in my office, and the phone rings. I said, a young man wants to come see you. He walks in my office and says, I want to get saved right now. I said, wait. <laughs> I was thinking about my three hours, see, so I got, <laughs> I got my booklet out. I start going through it. He's like this, yeah, yeah, I already know that. I believe that. Yes, 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 yes. I, I said, slow down. <laughs> this really happened. So finally I figured out this guy knows the gospel as good as me, and he is ready. So I said, okay, you're ready. Put this thing away. Let's just pray. So I said, you pray first. I'll never forget what he said. He said, he he bowed his head like this, very sweet, and he said, Jesus, I ask you to accept me into your heart. Now, he didn't know, but we don't usually say it that way. (laughs) We usually say what? I ask Jesus to come into my heart. Thank God I was sensitive in that moment and did not correct him. You said it wrong. No, I didn't do that. I love what he said. Jesus, will you accept me into your heart? And I prayed for him, and he was truly born again. He submitted to the Redeemer. He married a gal in this church. He went to Bible school. He went out as part of a church planting team to start a church. Wherever he is today, I'm sure he's doing terrific. Such a great story. I was just a tiny little part of that story. In fact, I almost interfered with it if you followed the story. (laughs) Okay. Jesus, please accept me into your heart. Listen, if you submit to the Redeemer, if you say what Ruth said, will you cover me? Will you accept me? Or like that young man did in my office, will you accept me into your heart, Jesus? He already said yes. He paid the price. He poured out his blood. We remembered that today. He gave his life to redeem you, to buy you, to buy you back from slavery and sin and all that, to redeem you and me and the whole world. He's like that parable Jesus told about the man who finds the treasure in the field. And in joy, he gives up everything he has to buy the whole field just for the treasure. It's like Jesus said, I'll take all of them. And he paid enough in his death on the cross to redeem everyone who's ever lived. And the treasure is you and me that he came to redeem. I am so glad I submitted my whole life and my whole self to the Redeemer. Everybody here who's done that would say the same. I'm so glad I trusted my whole life to him. Amen. And I've been doing it like every week of my life. You know, we do it again. Even daily, Lord, today I'm still submitted to you, my Redeemer. This day is yours. This life is yours. And then I found out the old lady was right. He really does know what to do. (laughs) You can trust him. I'm so glad to lay down my whole life like Ruth did that night and lay down at his feet and worship him every chance I get. And I'm sure she was glad, too. She submitted to the Redeemer that night, and he said yes, and that night changed her life forever. I can't remember the night or the day, 
Maybe you can. Maybe you remember the night or the day when you submitted to the Redeemer and he said yes and began to change your whole life. Or maybe it'll be January 17th, 2021. On a Sunday morning in a church in Anchorage, Alaska, maybe this is your day, maybe this is your time to get on your face, even literally if you want to, and say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> I surrender. And then we just worship him. Here's a few Bible verses that we sing. The old antediluvian Job, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the, in the end, he'll stand upon the earth. King David wrote in the Psalms, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And here's the 103rd Psalm. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. And here's the list. He forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems, there's the word, your life from the pit. And crowns you with love and compassion. There was a lady named Fanny Crosby. Unique name. A famous writer of Christian songs and hymns. She was a blind lady. She wrote like 3,000 Christian songs. This one she wrote in 1882. Sing unto the Lord an old song. Here's a really old song. Redeemed. I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child, and forever I am. Redeemed over and over again. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of him all the day long. I sing, for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. We used to sing that here. And a hundred years later, another lady named Melody Green, the wife of that great songwriter, Keith Green, remember? She wrote a beautiful hymn called, There is a Redeemer. Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names. Oh, just love those songs. And we sang what Job said. My Redeemer lives. Remember? My Redeemer lives. I can't sing. I'll stop. My wife says, give it up. It doesn't sound good. She's right. <laughs> but one day in eternity... In heaven, in his presence, I'll be singing great. We will all be singing songs and worshiping the Redeemer forever. Revelation 5, verse 9. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals. Why? Because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased us for God. Persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. We'll always be praising our Redeemer if you haven't yet submitted to the Redeemer, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you a chance to do exactly that. So be thinking about that. Okay. This is supposed to be storytelling, and I was kind of preaching here. Oh, well. Back to the story. Oh, hi. <laughs> so they got married and lived happily ever, ever after. Not yet. The story is not over. There is a possible problem. She submitted to the Redeemer. The Redeemer said yes. Great! That night, Boaz did tell Ruth he wanted to help her, but there was a problem. Guess what? There was another family member, even a closer relative than Boaz. 
he had the right and the responsibility to redeem them before Boaz. So Boaz, he's such a good man, he wants to follow the law. He wants to do this right. He also is like Jesus in that way. Jesus just said, I came to fulfill the law, and he's the only one that ever did, 100%. So he could be our redeemer, and Boaz is like that too. So he says to her, go back to sleep until morning. You know, I think she probably slept just fine. <laughs> like she knows what happened. He said yes. He's going to take care of this. We're going to be all right. He woke her up while it was still dark, and he gave her a whole bunch of grain to take home, and he made sure she got away before anybody saw them. What a gentleman. He's protecting her, even that night. So she goes home, and Naomi says, what happened, what happened? I'm sure she was up all night. And we have to put a bookmark here one more time. Ruth's submission to the Redeemer. Boaz's kindness and willingness to help her, but a possible problem. But here's a hint about what happens next. She told Ruth, wait, my daughter, till you find out what happens, for the man will not rest till the matter is settled today. And again, the message Naomi says to her, this man isn't going to fool around. (laughs) I like that. But come back next time to hear the rest of the story. We're going to pray. Yeah, it's time to pray. Would you please stand with me? As we pray, there's going to be people here at the front. They're mature people of character. They're spiritual people. They're here to pray with you. We're going to pray a prayer of submission to the Redeemer. Everybody here, I think, can pray it, but maybe for you it's the first time. So think about these words, but maybe this is your time. Maybe this is your moment. Please submit to the Redeemer. He will say yes, and he will tell you what to do. So let's close our eyes together and just follow along with me as we pray. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for paying the price for me. I submit to you as my Redeemer. I surrender my life to you. Please accept me into your heart. Please cover me. Jesus, take the wheel of my life. I will trust you. You will be my God. And I will worship you forever. My Redeemer. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.